and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Gifts of the Spirit, and so if you uh, missed out on the other ones, I encourage you to go listen to them, because that lays a foundation for what we're talking about tonight. Um, but praying in the Spirit gives us an advantage. Praying in the Spirit gives us an advantage. Um, yeah, it's it's supernatural. A lot of us think about it in a natural state, in a natural sense, and that's why we struggle with it. But it's something supernatural, okay? I like the Afrikaans word for supernatural, Boer natuurlijk, right? Which means above natural. So it's supernatural, it's like kind of we're familiar with it, but if we translate it directly, it's above natural. So it's, it's not like we've got a natural plane, and uh, um, praying in the Spirit takes the believer to a supernatural plane, okay? And I think it's, it's, it's really important for us to see it like that. You know, throughout Ephesians chapter 1 especially, uh, we are referred to as in Christ, okay? In Christ. That's our status, that's the position of the believer, in Christ. It's our place of authority. And that place of authority, are you physically in Christ right now? No. I'll answer it before you think I'm tricking you. <laughs> You're not physically in Christ right now. It's a spiritual reality. And the spiritual reality is it's a place of authority, okay? And it's in the Spirit, which means... Even when we're praying in the Spirit, we're praying in our place of authority. Now, you can pray in English or whatever language you speak in your authority, but praying in the Spirit, you know, sometimes we pray in English and we don't, we're not praying, we're praying pathetic prayers. Amen? Nobody here. But sometimes we're praying in English and we're praying pathetic prayers. God, please, you know, if it's your will, if it's this, like we, we're not really very confident about what is God's will. We're not very confident about what should I ask for, what shouldn't I ask for. But if we're praying in the Spirit, it's praying the perfect will of God and it's confidence. Okay? Which means we're praying in bold authority. When we're praying in tongues, we're exercising our authority. Okay? And so that's one of the ways that we as believers can exercise our authority in Christ, is by praying in the Spirit. Now, understanding brings fruitfulness. This is a foundation for everything. Okay? Understanding brings fruitfulness. How do we get understanding? Through discipleship. <laughs> we get understanding through teaching. Okay? So, so you can't have understanding without uh, a good discipleship or good teaching. Okay? But, um, so, so, so number one, put up that first verse. Let's look at this. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1. It says, follow after charity, which is God's kind of love, and desire spiritual gifts. I think I put gifts in italics. In, the, in, in, in a good King James, it's in italics. So you can take it out, and it should just read um, uh, desire spirituals, which means it's not like little gifts all over the place, but it's the spiritual person. We should desire spirituality. But rather that ye may prophesy. Okay, so follow after agape, God's kind of love, self-sacrificial love, desire spirituals, but rather that you may prophesy. Okay, so this is talking about desire. 
and we're going to talk about this in a sec, but desire is important in terms of spirituals or spiritual gifts or spiritual abilities. Desire is, ne- is important. Okay? You're not going to desire, uh, function in something you don't desire. You're not going to step into something you don't desire. Okay? When it comes to the things of the Spirit. But, <clears throat> fruitfulness doesn't come through desire. Fruitfulness comes through understanding. A lot of people desire a spiritual life, desire to operate in the gifts and things like this, but they're not willing to go through teaching. They're not willing to get into the Word and get understanding. And as a result, they, they don't, they, they're kind of like um, a shooting star. <laughs> the desire doesn't last because they don't see the fruitfulness. But understanding lays a foundation for a lot of fruitfulness. Okay? So desire is not enough. We need to seek to understand... So you need to have um, desire, okay? Then after desire, we need understanding. And then after understanding, we need determination. We need to step out. We need action, okay? We need to step out. There needs to be some kind of action. So one of the reasons why believers aren't operating in the things of the Spirit is there's a lack of desire. There's a lack of understanding. Uh, Paul writes about it and says that, you know, that we're... Um, that he doesn't want us to be ignorant of these things. Uh, and then there's also a lack of action. You've got some Christians who have desire, but they, and they have understanding, but they're sitting on their blessed assurance and not doing anything with it. Okay, that's not going to see anything. The Passion puts 1 Corinthians 14.1 as crave spiritual realities. Crave spiritual realities. So think about, have you ever had a craving? My hand is up. <laughs> Have you ever had a craving? You know, um, I, I really was uh, 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 not really craving, I guess, but it was craving. Uh, I wanted boobs this week. <laughs> you know, so that's a craving. You desire something that you don't have, right? So when it comes to the, the things of the spirit, we should. I apologize if you're a vegan. <laughs> I'm, I'm apologizing that you're a vegan. <laughs> Anyway, I just realized that, that. Anyway, it's funny. If you're offended, you should be. Uh, many. <laughs> so we need to eagerly desire, crave spirituals. Okay? But this is the thing. In, in 1 Corinthians 14.1, Paul's telling you to eagerly desire or crave spirituals, spiritual gifts, spiritual abilities. That's at the top of chapter 14. Okay? Do you know what he does for the next couple of verses? He teaches. So it's important for us to realize he's, he's saying desire and follow after charity, but then he goes on to teach. So you can't just have desire. You need to have understanding because he's teaching so that there would be understanding. Okay? So the rest of the... You can't just say, I desire to operate in the spiritual gifts. I desire to be more spiritual, blah, blah, blah. You need to actually go through the rest of the chapter and have some kind of understanding of what it means. Otherwise, there's no fruitfulness. Okay? 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, which is praying in tongues. Okay? That's one of, that, that term just means praying in tongues. I will pray with understanding also. Okay? I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with understanding also. I'm going to pause there. And I'm going to say this, like he's saying, firstly, I will, I will, I will, I will. There's four times he says, I will. 
Because he's saying that this is an active decision on my part. I'm going to pray in the Spirit. Pray with understanding. Sing in the Spirit. Sing with understanding. If you don't want to, it's not going to happen. It's not up to God, it's up to you. Okay, we spoke about that last week really. But this is showing us that it's up to the individual to decide, are you praying or aren't you? In English as well. Whether it's in English or tongues. But now, I'm going to point out something and we'll come back there. It says, I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with understanding. Okay? A lot of us maybe haven't seen it like this before, but what that's basically saying in the context is, I will pray with in the Spirit and I will pray the interpretation. Because Paul is saying that we should pray, if you're praying in the Spirit, he says you should pray that you interpret. So now you're praying in the Spirit, and in your mind we'll get there later on in this message. But he's saying that you'll get the interpretation, and then you should pray the interpretation. Because if I stand up here and pray in tongues, now it benefits me, but it's not going to benefit you. We speak about this later. But now, if after I pray in tongues, I pray in English, it can benefit you if I'm praying the interpretation. And I don't have to stop and say, this is the interpretation. I just need to pray, okay, or speak. So, the process for maturity or fruitfulness is desire, then understanding, then action. Desire, then understanding, then action. So let's look at this. What is speaking in tongues and what are the benefits? There's a, there's a slide up here. We'll see a couple of them. Okay, number one, tongues is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Number two, it's when the, the Spirit enables you to speak in a language that you never learned. Number three, it's your spirit praying. Number four, although you don't understand what you're saying, your spirit does. The number one thing I've had when I've been praying for people and they start speaking in tongues is, I don't understand what I'm saying. It's like, that's right. <laughs> you shouldn't understand what you're saying. Okay? Um, and you're speaking to, directly to God who does understand. Now, here's something cool about that. Okay? I'm point four there. Our, our, our spirit is the part of us that has the mind of Christ. Okay? So, through praying in tongues, we bypass our natural minds to get to the mind of Christ. So if you need wisdom, then often you're thinking and you're kind of often conjuring up things and, and trying to figure it out. If you're praying in spirit, you're bypassing natural reason to get to the mind of Christ to get an answer. Does it make sense? Yes. Okay, great. So, uh, uh, you know, through speaking in tongues, we're bypassing our minds, connecting directly to God. Connecting directly to the mind of Christ, which it's important to realize why that's important is because our minds are limited by unbelief often, but our spirits are not limited by unbelief, okay, and by wrong thinking. How many of you realized this week maybe that you thought wrong about something? <laughs> I'm sure you didn't even realize it, but, but like even in little things, we, we often see things one way and then we realize, oh, it's actually that way, Okay. Like putting out the chairs today, right? <laughs> I thought it was like this, but it wasn't. It was like that. <laughs> Those that were here will, 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 will know what I'm saying. It's a joke, though. So, <laughs> we bypass our natural minds to get into supernatural faith, to get to supernatural results. Okay? Praying naturally will never just get the, the results we want. 
So we need to pray supernaturally, which is tongues. Number five, tongues brings refreshing and causes the weary to rest. We looked at that last week. Number six, it edifies and builds you up. Number seven, it builds you up in your most holy faith, keeping you in the love of God. So, you know, the point with that is, is that if we're ever feeling depressed or dry or weary or drawn out, like tired and, and whatever, it's like praying in tongues would refresh us. That's what Isaiah says. Praying in tongues would cause us to build us up in our faith and would also experience the love of God. So it's like, if you're feeling unloved, if you're feeling lonely, praying in tongues would activate the Spirit in you to be able to experience more of what God's got for you. So it's a supernatural answer to a lot. Amen? Amen. So this is a gift for you because it edifies you, it refreshes you, it builds you up. Some of you are thinking about the previous week and going, um, uh, I don't know. I wish I had thought about that so I could have prayed in tongues in that situation. You know, because in that situation, praying in tongues could have helped you know what to do. Like, I mean, I don't walk into any, every situation and know exactly what to do. I know that you don't think that, but it's... <laughs> I don't walk into situations and go, I know exactly what to do here. I pray in tongues often and I'm like, okay, now I know what to do. Yeah, even this past week, some of you know uh, Uncle Charlie who passed away. And on Monday, I walked into the, the, the ICU and um, the nurse said, you know, it's not good, you need to come now. So I walked in and I didn't know what to do. I mean, you know what to do in the sense of prayer. But I, was, I held his hand and I prayed in tongues and I felt God say to me, read Psalm 23 from the Passion and just affirm it in, in his faith and just encourage it. So that's what I did and he passed while I was doing that. You know, so it's like in a situation like that, there's no textbook of this is what you need to do. There's a, you need to uh, 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 ask God. And sometimes, you know, in the natural, we're confronted with what we see and we're confronted with all the unbelief or the trauma or whatever's going on that the only way to figure out a way forward is praying in tongues. And then God shows us and, and, and puts it on our hearts. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 says, now concerning spiritual gifts or spirituals, I would, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. So he doesn't want us to be ignorant. He wants us to understand the things of the Spirit. Verse 2, ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. I love that. The Bible's uh, not very polite sometimes, right? <laughs> Verse 3, wherefore I give you to understanding that no man speaketh by the Spirit of God, calleth Jesus accursed, and no man can say that Jesus is Lord by the Holy Ghost. So, gifts, like I said, is not an original. So he's talking about spirituals, which are the things found in the Spirit of God. Where's the Spirit of God? In us, in the believer. So this is talking about the abilities in the believer. Okay, so what we call gifts, which is not wrong to call it gifts, but the gifts or the abilities are in you. They're not, why I say that is because you mustn't see it as something that needs to drop from the sky on top of you. Okay, it's something that comes from within you. Okay, it's something that comes from within you. Verse 3 there, he highlights the, 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 that the man comes into contact with the Spirit, and he shows this to us in Ephesians 1.13 too, Paul, when he writes, 
that the moment you receive salvation, the moment you believe the gospel and receive salvation is the moment you come into contact with the Spirit. We spoke about that two weeks ago. So the moment you, you believe the gospel is the moment you come into contact with the Spirit. The Spirit comes to dwell in you, and, uh, and that's where your spiritual life began. Okay? Now look at 1 Corinthians 12 verse 4, or from verse 4. There are diversities of gifts or abilities in the Spirit. There's a diversity, many different abilities, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are differences of operation, but the same God which worketh all in all. That last part is very interesting there, don't you think? He works all gifts in all. And, 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 and we're not going into too much depth. We're going through the whole passage pretty much, but we're not going into depth on everything in here. Um, maybe we'll come back to it and answer a few questions around it if there are. But the point here that I want you to see is that you don't have a little bit of Jesus and a little bit of Jesus and maybe a little bit more Jesus. And like we often have this, we don't think like that. But when it comes to spiritual gifts and operations of the Spirit, we often think like that. Like, wow, you know, Etienne has really got a, a lot of gifts of the Spirit, or he flows powerfully. I, I wish I could have the gift of whatever. And it's like, well, you do have it. The point is he's stepping out. He's flowing in it. Because he's realized the same works that Jesus did, he can do in greater than. That's what Jesus said to the believer, not to the pastor. You can do the same works. But then in our theology or doctrine in the church, we, we, we kind of look at, we can do the same works as Jesus did in, did in greater works, but in practice, it's kind of like, you only have the gift of tongues. You only have the gift of prophecy. You only have the gift of what, what. And, and we kind of see it like we've each got a piece of Jesus. But when you look at the Word, it says you're complete in Christ. So, you know, a lot of the times our, our theology kind of contradicts each other. A lot of the time, what we believe, when you start to bring it out of its little boxes and you put it together, it's like, how does this actually meet together? So what I'm doing is I'm showing you how it can kind of fit together. Okay? And I'm not uh, adding into it. All I'm saying is that what this says is, but the same God which worketh all in all. So if you want to, if you want to go with what the Word says, then you'll be able to work all gifts because God's working all of them in you. Because you've got all of God in you. Verse 7. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given the Spirit, by the Spirit, a word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing uh, by the same Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. To another diverse uh, kinds of tongues and to another the interpretation of tongues now from that we kind of get the understanding that you've got a bit of jesus you've got a bit of jesus you've got a bit of jesus but what this is showing us is that we can't operate in all the gifts in one moment okay and you don't need all the gifts in one moment but when the mo uh, uh, according to as the the occasion demands we're able to operate in what's needed at the time so, in one moment you might need this, in one moment you might need that, but you can't uh, uh, do a, a prophecy, healing, miracle, all in the same split second. You get what I mean? It, it needs, you need to be able to see that you're going to flow in 
things at the, 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 the time that you need them. Okay? There's one spirit. It's His spirit. And that same spirit has many abilities. I don't swim and run at the same time. It's true. Okay? And that same spirit in me that has many abilities can accomplish many things, but at the, the different times that it can. So, all the, the gifts are in the one spirit, and at, at salvation you receive that package. That's, if you want to go with a salvation package deal, like some people go for or teach, that's the salvation package deal. You've got the Holy Spirit in His fullness. Okay, you've got the power in His fullness. So, moving on. We're talking about tongues specifically, so we want to look at uh, the context re with regards to tongues and see what Paul teaches, and we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 14, because now in chapter 14, in the same book, he starts to unpack this and explain it, um, and uh, uh, zero in specifically on tongues in a private and a public context. Okay? So, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 again, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. So, it's got to be something that we desire, like the Passion said, crave. Okay? Do you crave this? Do you want this? Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Okay? And then what do you need after desire? Understanding. Because you can't have fruitfulness without understanding. Now that you understand, what do you need after that? action because you need to step out in the things that you know and are assured of otherwise nothing happens okay with regards to the gifts of the spirit uh, it needs to come from a place of love galatians says as well faith works by love okay and that's not oh father give me a heart for the people help me to love them you know that's not what it's talking about it's not wrong but what it's talking about is God's kind of love. So the more I focus on how much God loves me, the more I can operate in the gifts of the Spirit. The more I can flow in these things. Because faith works by agape, God's kind of love. The more I know His love, the more my faith will work. The more I pray in the Spirit, the more I'm kept in the love of God. The more I pray in the Spirit, according to Jude 20, the more I build up myself in my most holy faith. It's all linked nicely together. So, the other thing I, I, I've said before and I want to say again is, you know, the gifts of the Spirit, let's just use prophecy as an example. It's not a badge of honor to be worn on a Sunday. It's a tool to get the job done. So we need to make sure we realize what is the purpose. Because if I'm motivated by the love of God to operate in the gifts of the Spirit... The gifts, the purpose of it will be not to make myself look good or feel good, but it's going to be to be able to help you grow in your relationship with God. It's going to be to help an unbeliever to be able to come to know God. It's going to be to be able to help someone who's in a difficult situation, even if it's difficult for me. Okay? That's the, the purpose and intent of the gifts. 1 Corinthians 14 from verse 2. For he that speaketh... In an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him. Howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifies the 
church. So, the first thing I want to point out there is that God, or prayer, is directed towards God. Okay, I'm never praying to um, Etienne, or to Jamie, or to you. Right? Okay? And by implication, we never pray to a saint then either. Amen? <laughs> we pray to God. Not through any saint or, or whatever else. We pray to God. Our words that we speak to God in prayer, our words of desire, our words of, of, of communication are, are embodying our desire. So, like what's in our heart comes through in the words and it's our way of connecting or communing with God. Now in verse 2 here, Paul is speaking with regards to tongues and he's saying that tongues are speaking directly to God. It's not to you. Okay? God is the audience when we're speaking in tongues. Okay? But then, so he's referring to the, the speaking of tongues done, in, uh, he always uses it interchangeably. Speak, um, praying in the Spirit is speaking in tongues. Okay? But this activity, although it's in the Spirit, it's physically seen. I don't know if you've ever put that together. Because you can't see things really in the Spirit, like, physically, but we see the results of the Spirit. So praying in the Spirit is something that needs to be seen. It's not and seen and something that needs to be heard. It's what the first visible sign of a Pentecost on Acts chapter 2 was there was utterance. Utterance is something that's heard. It's the overflow. Remember, you've got the inward, uh, the, uh, the Spirit on the inside is salvation. Acts, not Acts, uh, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. The Spirit comes to dwell in you, sealing your salvation. Now, when the Spirit came upon the believers in Acts, and they started to operate in gifts of the Spirit, what do we call that? That was overflow. It wasn't coming from somewhere in the sky and falling upon them, but it looked like that. So that was the language of the eyewitness account. It looks like something's falling on these guys, writes Luke. But what was happening was the spirit within, they were allowing to overflow. Okay? So by the time we arrive at verse 3, he starts to explain what prophecy is. Okay, let's read verse 3 there. He that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification, exhortation, comfort. So now he's, he's, he's explaining what prophecy is. And prophecy... Who's the audience for prophecy? The church. Okay? But that's the third party. It's someone else. The third, so it's a third party. Because praying in tongues is to God. Okay? Getting interpretation is from God to us, really. And when we speak that out, it's prophecy. And that's to bless you. Okay? So, let me see here. Let me see here. He brings uh, all of this together in, uh, in verse 4. And he says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself, but he that prophesieth edifies the church or other believers. That's the third party. So now you can kind of see how it would all work. We're praying in the Spirit. We're connecting with God. It's refreshing us. It's blessing us. Now we start to get an impression on our hearts or in our minds. I'm going to explain that in a bit. And then we start to speak that out. And when we speak that out, it's prophecy. It's something that's encouraging. Forget about foretelling when I say prophecy. Forget about telling the future. Okay? Leave your crystal ball at home. 
That's not what we're talking about. Prophecy is defined there in verse 4. What does it say? He, uh, no, sorry, verse 3. It says it's edification, exhortation, and comfort. So what is prophecy? It's not you're going to meet a tall, dark stranger. Okay? I'm sorry, Jamie. <laughs> Jamie was a wishing and a hoping and a praying. So the, the, <laughs> the point there is that what uh, prophecy is, is it's edifying you. It's building you up. It's encouraging you. It's exhorting, comforting, bringing, bringing comfort. You know, sometimes I can't think of a good example right now, but sometimes I'll have a word on my heart and when I speak it out, it's talking about a negative situation that someone's gone through. The example I used two weeks ago, or last week, I can't remember, of that guy and I, I knew all about his life and I'd never met him before. I'm, I'm not going to rehash the whole thing now, so you have to go listen to it. But in that situation, I said, you know, I can see that the enemy's tried to kill you. And he was crying... And later on he told me, and I ministered, I encouraged him in that situation, and, I, and that, that word brought much comfort, but how many times had he nearly died in his life? And I was saying, God's got a purpose for your life. God's been with you through all those tragedies. That was not just exhortation, that was not just building him up, but it was comforting. Okay, so that's part of the purpose when it comes to prophecy. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 5. I want to make a point here quickly before I forget. We're encouraging, obviously at the end, for us to be able to share words with each other. And for us to be able to encourage one another. And you don't have to do it from the pulpit, but when there's an opportunity and you have a word and you feel like, hey, I want to share, um, I feel like this scripture to encourage everyone, or I have a word of knowledge, or whatever. And you come up and you share it, wonderful. The, the, the rule is it needs to be for edification. So it needs to be building us up. Okay? Uh, uh, we're not going to respond very well if it's uh, the opposite, if it's uh, something negative, because the Bible doesn't say bring a negative word. It says bring a positive one, something that's going to build us up. But here's the other thing. Just some... Uh, 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 we, 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 we're all growing in this, and so we need to be wise in the way we operate in this. So... Please, I can tell you, I can guarantee you right now, no one's going to have any word of encouragement for someone regarding a spouse. I can tell you now. <laughs> regarding uh, 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 the future. Thank you. Thank with regard to, um, what's the other one? Uh, 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 dates, mates, I can't remember. Big life decisions. It's got to be very general. Okay? As you grow in this, you might get more specific. I, very, I still very much kind of like, Take a deep breath if I get something very specific. And I have had specific things, and I'm like, Lord, and then I kind of step out and I go, you know, just, just maybe pray about this. And, but I sense, I don't say thus saith the Lord often. I was like, I sense the Lord saying, I mean, one day it was encouraged. <laughs> I've had some, some ones, and it's very specific, and I'm like, oh, God, please. And then it's amazing how it works out years later. Okay? But the point I'm trying to make is you, you, you need to be, you need to step into the, the shallow end and then you can go deeper. Okay? And if your word is, uh, uh, we, we, we should be able to, according to what we're seeing in the word, test everything. Okay? Test everything. If you receive a word, test it. If it doesn't resonate in your heart, put it on the shelf. And if you want to test it and with one of the leaders, come to us and say, hey, someone gave me this word. You don't need to tell us who even, but someone gave me this word, I'm unsure about it. Can you pray with me? We would be very happy to. 
Okay? And one of the last things I'll say is no one ever gives a word and says, don't tell anyone this word. Because it's happened. You don't do words like that. Because there's something sneaky, fishy going on there. So if you give a word, you don't say, don't tell anyone this word. Especially if it's a new person. Okay? Because it's happened. That's why I'm addressing it. Okay, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 5. I would that you all spake with tongues, but rather that you prophesied. Can you see the link between speaking in tongues and prophesying now? Okay, for greater is he, that's in thee, that he, the wrong verse. Greater, greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret, that the church may receive edifying. Okay, he's repeating what he said in verse 1. For emphasis. Okay? And the emphasis is, it's not just about you, it's about edifying the church. Building up the church. Okay? Now look there, he uses the word rather. I would, uh, where is it? I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather, meaning much more, that you prophesied. So it's not instead of. I read it for years, thinking instead of. Okay? It's not instead of. I'd rather that you prophesy and not speak in tongues. He's not saying that. Because he goes on and says, I for don't forbid anyone to speak in tongues. So what he's saying is, uh, uh, um, uh, pray in, this, uh, in the Spirit, pray in tongues, but I'd rather that you much more build on that and then, pray in, uh, uh, then prophesy. Okay? Then he uses the word greater. Where does he use the word greater there? I've written it down here. For greater is he that prophesies. So if you prophesy, does that mean you're better than someone else? <laughs> no, Jamie. doesn't mean that you're greater. What it means is that it's more beneficial. It's more beneficial to prophesy for everybody. Okay, if we just had a Shandai service and I was shandai up front, it wouldn't benefit you unless I started saying something in English. Okay, so it's more beneficial. Okay, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 13. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. So the person praying is the person that's interpreting. It's the same person. Okay, then he goes on to depth on this issue. 14 verse 14. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. <clears throat> so he's highlighting that this is an activity of the spirit and your mind doesn't know what's going on. How many of you have done that in the beginning, let's say, when you started praying in tongues? It's like, this just doesn't make any sense. 100% it shouldn't. Okay. It shouldn't make any sense. 1 Corinthians 14, 15. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with understanding, which is interpretation. I will pray with, uh, sing with the Spirit. I will sing with understanding also. Else, when thou shalt bless with the Spirit... How shall uh, he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say amen at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest? For thou uh, verily givest thanks well, but the, the other is not edified. So if, again he says, I will, I will, I will. It's not up to God, it's up to you. But then he says, praying with understanding is synonymous with prophesying. Well, that's what he's showing us. Praying with understanding is synonymous with prophesying. The result, of, uh, 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 the result is praying in a known language. That's where we should be heading towards. 
Okay? And I'll explain how that happens in a, in a moment. Then he says, blessing with the Spirit. Okay? Then he says, else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit. Okay? He's talking about how, what we're doing when we're interpreting it should be blessing the church. It should di- it's not directed just to us. 1 Corinthians 14, 18. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than ye all. That's the example that Paul gave us. That's the example that he gave us. So, you know, he, he's saying that he's the one praying, and he's saying he's praying all the time. So he must have just been continuously, not just praying in services, but praying on the go, praying as he goes, praying as he's driving his car, because Paul drove a car. You know, praying in the marketplace or while he was on his jet or something. I don't know. He didn't have a jet or a car, by the way. I do know that. I'm just saying. 1 Corinthians 14, 21. In the law, it, uh, it is written, With men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people, and yet for all that they will not hear me, says the Lord. For those of you who've been in the series, what does that sound like? Hmm? It's a quotation of Isaiah 28 verse 11, which says, With stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people. So that's the prophecy of tongues. And Paul is showing us in, in 1 Corinthians 14, 21, this is what it was talking about. Okay? Now, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 22, he says, Wherefore tongues are for a sign. Everyone say sign. Oh, that was pitiful. <laughs> tongues are for a sign not to them that believe but to them that believe not and prophesying service not for them that believe not but for them that believe now let's look at the word sign then because that means to prove something or to prove someone this is very important okay it's, 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 it's indicative of a message, a person, or an event. So it's, 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 that's what it's kind of pointing towards. And uh, in the Gospels, the word is used here. Mark 16, verse 17. These signs shall follow them. So tongues is a sign. Okay? What is, is, is it a sign of? Jesus being raised from the dead. Because the Spirit came because He rose. Okay? So that's what it's saying. It's a sign. So that's why it's a sign, not for the believing. Uh, 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 in context, you'll see it now. Uh, uh, let me read this, verse 14 and 15. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat and ate meat. And upbraided. Now, I've, I spoke about this word from James. Okay? We're going to speak about this word now again. And upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart. I use the King James here specifically because of that word upbraideth. Because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And then he said, go into all and preach the gospel. So the word upbraideth means to bear your fangs. How many of you did that this week? <laughs> to bear your fangs. Okay, which basically means to find fault. Some of you did do that this week. Now you realize you were upbraiding. You were bearing your fangs. You were pointing out someone's faults. Okay, now in, uh, uh, um, what the, the question that comes from this was, was Jesus finding fault with the 11, the disciples? 
No. Okay, look at James chapter 1, verse 5. We've looked at this. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally, generously, and upbraideth not. The word upbraideth not means he's not finding fault. So when we come to God, when we're praying, we've got to know that he's generous, and we've got to know that he finds no fault with me. Okay? That's important. So we've got to remember God's character. Now let's go to back to uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 23. God's character is perfectly seen in Christ, and it is that he finds no fault. 1 Corinthians 14, 23, onwards. If therefore the whole church be come together into, the, uh, into one place, and all speak with tongues, and there come, not, uh, come in those that are unlearned, now we'll speak about unlearned. Well, let me just say, unlearned is already mentioned in verse uh, 16. And we spoke about that. It, mean, it refers to a believer who has not exercised in the things of the Spirit. That's what it's referring to. So unlearned believer is someone who hasn't got the, they might have the desire, but they don't have the knowledge. And they might have the knowledge, but they don't have the action. Okay? So going back to verse um, well, 14, 23. And all speak with tongues, and there come in those that are, not, uh, that are unlearned or unbelievers. I like how he groups the unlearned and the unbelievers together. Do you know why? Because they sound the same. Okay? They will, not, uh, will they not say, ye are mad? What's the answer? Yes. <laughs> but if all prophesy, and there come in one that believeth not, or one unlearned, he is convinced of all. And he is judged of all. And thus the secrets of his heart are made manifest. And so fa falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. So it's talking about the power of if we're praying in the Spirit and we're exercising this gift, now if we switch over to praying with understanding, how that can actually really minister to someone in a powerful way. It can really bring a conviction of God's, uh, who God is. Like I told you, that guy, I prayed in the Spirit during the service. I was like, God, I feel like I should minister to that guy. So let me pray in the Spirit for him. And as I prayed in the Spirit, God put certain things in my heart. I went up to him, I shared those things with him. And he was freaked out. Because he was like, have we met before? I said, no. He's like, how do you know my life? I was like, God put that on my heart. So that's what it's talking about. He became radical that I was embarrassed of him. Because for the next 10 years of his life, or, or so, he was kind of, you know, he wasn't grounded in grace, unfortunately, because I didn't get the chance to disciple him. So he wasn't grounded in grace. He was just kind of like, all legalistic, let's go for Jesus. And it was good to see, but he went wild and he burnt out, unfortunately. Because that's what happens with legalism. Okay, 1 Corinthians 14, 23. We, we, we read that. But in verse 23, it's, he's, he's, he's classifying, like I said, the unbelievers with the, the unlearned, the believers who don't know much. Okay? And in verse 24, he has also excluded them from prophesying. So here's a, 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 an interesting point, which I never saw before. If you don't speak in tongues, you shouldn't be prophesying. So there's a great way to know if you should listen to someone or not, if they're prophesying over you or giving you a word of encouragement. 
I'm not saying they can't get something encouraging, but uh, I would uh, question if it's a, a word of sight. <laughs> you know what a word of sight is? Someone looks depressed and you're like, the, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, someone looks uh, uh, like they're... they're <laughs> we had this recently. It's probably a good thing I can't remember it because it might be a story in the room. But I was like, um, we were in a meeting and um, someone came to me afterwards and said how they kept getting words like this and that, the next thing. And I was like, ah, oh, shame. Everyone's looking at this person and thinking they're not very confident. And so now they're giving them words about boldness and confidence. I was like, that's really like scraping the bottom of the barrel with regards to words of encouragement. That's a word of sight, not a word of knowledge. You know, a word of knowledge is, is you don't look at the person and think, how can I encourage them? That's good. Please do that. It's good to encourage people like that. But grow up spiritually and be like, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to say to this person? And the word that you would have for them is something, it's supernatural when it's like, I don't know this naturally, but I, I, and it doesn't, I can't look at you and kind of think about it and know that this or that, the next thing, but now I'm going to give you the word. And it's like, wow, okay, I'm stepping out on the water here. Does this mean anything to you? And in that moment, if they say no, then say, okay, just leave it there. Don't, don't feel bad, okay? And let me explain this to you. So tongues, basically you can call the, the prophecy as well um, revelation knowledge. So tongues helps us to get revelation knowledge or prophecy, which is a supernatural understanding, supernatural insight into a situation or into a person's life, okay? If you need insight in your life, in your business, in direction, in relationships, you pray in tongues and you should get it. So let me explain this to you and show this to you very quickly. Revelation knowledge is the interpretation of the tongue, or prophecy is the interpretation of the tongue. It comes in the form of revelation or understanding. Okay? Now, where does understanding come from? Or where, where does it come to? Let's ask that. It comes to you in your mind. Okay? So it's not like you pray in the Spirit and all of a sudden you hear an audible voice and you know what the answer is. But it might be that you're praying in the Spirit at some point and when you're reading the Bible, all of a sudden you understand something that you didn't understand before. Or you think about a situation and you're praying in tongues and you have an idea about that situation or that person that you didn't have before. Okay? It's something new that comes up in your heart or your mind. Like I explained to you, I think right in the beginning of the series, um, I was driving on the N1 and I had this, 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 this couple of my heart friends that were not married at the time. And uh, it, 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 it makes sense to explain like kind of their demographics, but he's black and she's white going out and they were good friends we're still in contact and I, I felt to pray for them and I'm praying for them and I sent him a message a voice note or something I just said um, um, what did I say I said um, I was just encouraging her generally uh, him generally in a sense I don't remember what it was but he messaged back and said thanks that was really encouraging okay I'll give you a follow-up on that just now then I, I, I was praying for her and I had something very random I was like don't be hasty in making decisions. Just wait. Seek God. And what did she say? She messaged back and said, you know, the relationship has been so difficult that I was thinking of breaking up with him and I was going to do it now. But now I'll take a step back and I'll just cool it. They got married and now I think they have a couple kids and they're leading a couple churches. And that would have never happened if that word hadn't come then. Maybe it would have, but 
I'll, I'll think it won't because it will encourage me. <laughs> okay, the point is, is that it's, it's kind of something that I didn't know naturally. So I, after sharing that word with you guys a couple of weeks back, or that testimony, I, he came up in my mind, so I thought, okay, let me see if I've still got his number. Found his number, sent him a message, and as I was just saying, hey, we haven't connected in a while, how are you doing? I, I had a picture, and in this picture, uh, I saw, um, I didn't know what was going on in his life, but I saw kind of like, um, uh, uh, I don't even know how to explain it, but like an arrow being shot from a place, and it splits up into five different directions and I saw a couple other things and I was like I have no idea what this means but I'm just going to tell you what it means and I, I said a couple things and I said a few things and and he messaged me back and he's like you're the second person to tell me all of that this week <laughs> he said firstly like this that the next thing everything he told me and he said with that word specifically the only one I can remember he said we're, we're getting ready to 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 plant a couple locations and so it was like, great, that's encouraging for me. But it wasn't because I saw that he was doing that. I didn't go and Google him. Okay, and find out what's happening in this guy's life. That's what a lot of people <laughs> do try and do. Let me check out this guy on Facebook quickly and give him some encouragement according to his profile. Let me show you the scriptures on this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 67. Howbeit, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. So, what do we speak? Wisdom hidden in a mystery. Okay? That's what we speak. It's, he's saying that. Now, if you go to verse 2 of chapter 14, it's the same book. And he says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto, God, uh, unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Go back to the previous verse. But we speak wisdom of God in a mystery. What is he talking about in uh, two, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7, when he says, We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. To understand that, we need to go to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2, which says that when we speak in the Spirit, we're speaking mysteries. I'm just showing you the connection there. Then go down to verse 13 and 14. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is fruitful. So, Paul... I'm showing you, when you're praying in tongues, you're speaking a mystery, you don't understand it. And then the prayer for, uh, you know, you don't have to stop and pray, God, give me the interpretation. In the beginning, do it, it's fine. But then what happens is you, your understanding starts to become fruitful. All of a sudden, you start to see something you didn't see before or understand something. Okay? And uh, uh, it just kind of like rises up in your heart. And this is what Paul's uh, talking about. He's talking about the actions of the Spirit and how we can benefit each other. And this is just talking about tongue. And just talking about prophecy, interpretation. Okay? So, that is very uh, technical and very specific. But uh, I want to take you to one more verse in closing. One, uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 1. To encourage you. Because the, the thing is, is if you're a believer, this is um, foundational. 
And yet, unfortunately, most people don't know this, but this should be the basics of what we know. And what's often been presented to us in uh, church circles and Christian circles is that the supernatural life is somewhere out there and it's for those that are in ministry maybe and it's for those that fast and pray a lot and it's for those that have paid a price and I rather go like well I know Jesus paid a price <laughs> so I'd rather go with whatever he's getting on because he paid more than I paid I'm sure so you know I'd rather go for that and then have something more beneficial Okay, but we, we kind of see it often as something far off and not something so close. So if we look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, um, I'm going to read from, I think, the New Living. It says, and, you, and now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news, that God saves you. What's the bad news? No, no, let me put it like that. The good news is that God saves you. So what's that implying? You don't have to save yourself. This is the gospel. Faith in Christ brings salvation, which is complete forgiveness of sins, freedom from darkness, uh, 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 and relationship with God. But look what else it brings. He gets into this. And when you believed in Christ, He identified you as His own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom He promised long ago. So you believed the gospel... The message of faith, uh, salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Okay? Now you believe the gospel, and God puts His Spirit in you, Himself. Now you're one with Him. And like we said two weeks ago, now what starts to happen is you yield to that Spirit, you surrender to that Spirit, and you start to overflow with that Spirit, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And now you're starting to experience the gifts of the power in your life. And that's the supernatural Christian life which now you're starting to see fruitfulness. And it's not just you, but other people can start to see the fruitfulness. Okay? Last thing I'll say on this is you don't have to speak in tongues if you don't want to. But you get to. Okay? But what makes it easier is knowing I've got this gift in me because I've got the Spirit in me, so I can. It's the same thing if you see uh, 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 someone who's sick. I don't have to pray for them for healing, but I can you see someone who, who's unsaved, I don't have to share the gospel with them, but I can. You don't have to do anything, but you can. Because Christ lives in you and He wants to live through you. Amen? So let's stand up. And uh, we're going to just spend some time just praying and some ministry. And I want to encourage you not to... You know, just, just relax. This is an opportunity for you just to focus on the Lord and just relax. And, and so just close your eyes and be comfortable. And Father, we just uh, thank you that right now that as we just give an opportunity for your Spirit to work through us, I thank you that we will receive from you and, and feel free just to share with each other and minister as a... As we feel led, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just welcome your Spirit. If you pray in the Spirit, just begin to pray in the Spirit gently. Just pray in the Spirit. If you don't and you want to, then just close your eyes and just be like, Father, I want this gift. I thank you that you've given it to me. And, uh, uh, you know, what happens generally is he will inspire words in your mind. Don't overthink this. But the Holy Spirit inspires. He gives you the utterance. He 
he, he, he'll inspire the language and you speak it out. And as you speak it out, it kind of grows. More starts to come. Don't overthink it. Just do it. And as you step into that flow, more happens. More starts to come. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Don't worry about trying to get a word or trying to get some interpretation or whatever. Just pray in the Spirit. It's you connecting with your Father. It's Him edifying you from the inside. It's Him refreshing you. I know many of you would need refreshing this evening. Pray in the Spirit. If you're still struggling to pray in the Spirit, just be thankful. Focus on Him and just give thanks. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you, I just have a picture. See, now as I've been praying in the Spirit, I just all of a sudden had this thought and I had this picture that matched the thought or the thought that matched the picture. And, uh, and I believe it represents somebody that's here. And whilst sometimes God can put on my heart that this is this person, like I feel at this moment, I'm just explaining it to you, but I feel like this is general because it maybe appeals or, or fits for more than one person. And I just see like this big ocean and I see someone treading water, which means, you know, they don't have a flotation device, they don't have a boat, they're kind of just keeping their head above water. And they're treading water, they're trying to, to stay up and keep their head and shoulders above water. But you know what? It's difficult to, to do that for too long. And I just feel like there's a number of individuals which feel like, uh, you know what, you want to give up because it's too tiring. And if you give up, then it's done. So, you know, just, just close your eyes, everybody, for a moment. If that's you and you're responding, you feel like that word is for you. You feel like uh, you're treading water and you feel like you can let go and drown at any moment. Just raise your hand so I can see, so I can pray for you. Okay, I see. That's great. See, God had four of you on His heart right now and He wants to minister to you. So just, you and your heart, just be receptive. <clears throat> just focus on God because what that shows is that He loves you so much that He brought you here and now He's highlighting you to me so that the Spirit can minister to you. And I feel like God's just wanting to tell you there is hope. That's the first thing He wants to tell you. There is hope. Don't give up. There is hope. <clears throat> and I don't know who of you for. I don't know who this is for and who this isn't for. But I feel like some of you are, are treading water in the wrong pond. So, yeah, I want to encourage you to be asking God, like, should I be, be involved in this thing that I'm trying to, to, to keep alive? Should I be involved in this thing? Obviously, it wouldn't be your life. <laughs> so if it's your life, this doesn't apply to you. But if it's like a business or if it's a, a venture or, or whatever, maybe it's a relationship, you need to pray about it and it would resonate in your heart that if it's not the thing that you should be involved in, if it's not something that God's got for you, ask God about what needs to change. A new direction. Father, I just thank you right now 
that you are breathing new direction into these individuals. I feel like God is, is showing you how to step up, how to step out into more because you're kind of frustrated with where you are, but where you are is not where you're called to be. And so there's some changes that need to take place. I want to encourage you to speak to a leader, speak to a trusted uh, a friend who, who, who's mature spiritually, speak to somebody and get them to pray with you before you make any big decisions. Don't make any big decisions without speaking to someone. But I feel like you need to make some big decisions. And the first thing you need to do is be praying in the Spirit more. Be listening to more good teaching. Be focused on God more this week. Allow Him, give Him space to speak to you this week. Set some time aside when you can just have a cup of tea or coffee and sit with Him and go, Father, speak to my heart. Put some worship music on and have fellowship with Him. That's what He longs for with you. He doesn't want to direct your life. He wants to commune with you in your life. Thank you, Father. Now, as the rest of us are praying in the Spirit, one of the things that would be happening is you would start to have thoughts that you, you didn't have before. If you're thinking of someone, pray for them. Uh, pray in the Spirit. And if they're in this room, pray in the Spirit and ask God, give me a, a, a word of encouragement for this person, Father. You might have never stepped out and given someone a word of encouragement before, but God, you know, there's a first time for it. It's not a first time for everything. There's some things you should never have a first time with. Amen? But this is something that you can step into and it'll be the first of many. So just pray. If you've got someone popping into your heart, pray in the Spirit and God's going to give you something, an encouragement for them. It might come in the form of a picture. It might come in the form of a verse from the Bible. It might come in the form of, hey, you know, just a simple word or something, but it's going to certainly be something edifying. It's not going to be something with fear. It's not terrifying. It's edifying. Amen? So, Father, we just thank you that as we're praying in the Spirit, our understanding is becoming fruitful and prophecy is going to flow in the Spirit in the name of Jesus. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Cape Town area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.co.